This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, you can. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. No matter where you are, you can listen on the ESPN app or Sirius XM Channel 80. You can watch us on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and we hope that you will enjoy. And we are a podcast every single day. The Greeny podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to each hour individually. And that is where my beloved daughter, Nikki, and her boyfriend, what's his name again, uh, Bubba? Uh, Jack, right? It's Jake. Oh, okay. Jake. They both Got listened it. to our conversation that took place around this time oh, yesterday. Nice. That's good. And I want it pointed out before I read the texts that I got from them that my daughter Nikki loves Hembo. In fact, she told me well, that when she didn't watch, she did not watch game seven of the NLCS, but she did tell me that when she woke up and saw the Phillies had lost, she said, Hembo was the first person I thought of. Mm. She felt bad for At least for you. someone felt badly for she me. She did. She did. She feels bad for you. And there's actually a text here that says, I love Hembo. That's mm. Nikki saying that. Why? So she she yeah, is a what? fan. What? She hasn't met me. It's yeah, not exactly. quite clear. Yeah, she's never met him. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if she knew him, she'd hate him. Much less impressive in person. But anyway, I was waiting for the conversation to be um, reacted to because I knew that she would listen, and I knew that once she had listened, she would tell Jake to listen, and then I wanted to see how this would play out. So I will quickly recap for those of you who weren't here yesterday that um, Nikki brought her boyfriend Jake over to my apartment. They've been together two years. I've known him even longer than that, actually, because they were friends before they became a couple. So I've actually known him since he got literally since the two of them got to college. They met the first week. So I've known him for four years. Really good kid. He's from New York. He's a big Giant fan. And he wore he came over first time. we Well, the Jets and Giants don't play each other very often. But he came over to my house, and we watched the game together, him in an Eli Manning jersey and me in a Rodgers jersey. And Hembo had a real problem with this. Hembo went off yesterday suggesting that he's too comfortable with me. What was it you said? He's much too comfortable around you for, he, for someone who has no financial or legal skin in the game. He, he, is not, he does not have a healthy fear of me. He does not have the requisite fear of you. And then, and then you went on to suggest that you have great fear? I have at least some fear for my father-in-law, Dan Edwards, and that I think has actually been quite good. It's nice to have this, some reverence for the father of my wife. What are you afraid of? The unknown. Like, what might he do? What <laughs> might he say if I cross him at the wrong time when the Eagles score the touchdown in the third quarter? Okay, because that's the point. So uh, his wife's, his father-in-law is a crazy fan of the Giants, and Hembo is a fan of the Eagles. And when they watch the games together, he, will, he, Hembo, will not wear a jersey, will not cheer loudly, will not acknowledge in any way his fandom, even though you've been married for how many years? Uh, four years now. You have how many kids? We have two children. Okay. And, and, and at least one of whom I've confirmed. Mm. And, and, and so, I mean, the fact that you have this relationship and yet you have this fear. So I get a text back. First one, Jake writes, that was hilarious. I'm cracking up on my desk. Was that Hembo who was saying he was terrified of his father-in-law? 
To which Nikki wrote, just listened, so dead. Yes, that was Hembo. Jake, do you not fear my father? Let's talk about it in depth now. (laughs) So I wrote, I'm glad you liked it. And Jake wrote, wrote, someone has to show Hembo's father-in-law that segment and see how he responds. So that's my question. That's how my my family reacted to this. Does, did, how did Lizzie and or her father react to this? We have yet to show Lizzie's father right now. She, he is on, uh, on a business trip of some kind. She, she liked it. She didn't love it. <laughs> uh, somewhat surprisingly, I was hoping, candidly, that Jake's reaction to this would not be, I wonder how Hembo's father-in-law feels, and more, I wonder if I can look at myself in the mirror and reevaluate the way that I feel about you. No, because you're, you're, you're just general insecurity. You're, uh, what's happening here is that your understanding of just how completely over your head you are in your relationship is, is, is rearing its ugly head. I am not the problem here. You're now, Jake is the exception. You're projecting here. so hard right now. Yeah, you're projecting. Projecting. Yes. You realize you're not good enough for his daughter, and so you assume he thinks you're not good enough for his daughter. That's what's actually happening here. And nothing. you assume that Jake is not good enough for Greeny's daughter. Oh, it has nothing to do with good enough in Jake's case. I just think there should be a healthy fear, which you have not instilled. And I, and I don't understand how Nikki, after what she even heard yesterday, can possibly be on Hembo's side ever again. <laughs> she had, she got a prime example of why Hembo is terrible. <laughs> so let's jump off the Hembo is good bandwagon and hop on the Bubba and Cam side. Not a it was short-lived, wagon. yeah. I will say that she did say um, the candy is a horrible take. She wrote about your take on the Halloween candy. Oh, my take candy. on candy. Yeah. Your take there on you candy go. is a horrible take. And Jake wrote, well, Halloween is best as a child, but gets worse every year after middle school. He's absolutely right. He's a little closer to being on your side. For here. sure. So perhaps you and he will have some candy sort of bond. disgusting. Okay. Let's move on here. Greeny coming to you live Please. from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Let's get into a story I cannot make sense of. For the life of me, I need help. Sneaky Big News. So, last night, the College Football Playoff Committee released its first rankings, and they were exactly what you knew they were going to be. Georgia, excuse me, Ohio State is one, Georgia's two, Michigan is three, Florida State is four, and Washington is five. Um, Let me just, I circled a few numbers on this sheet. Michigan's strength of schedule is 111th in the country. which is hilarious, Um, but that will all change because they're going to play Penn State, who is currently number 11, and they're going to play Ohio State, who's currently number one. So if they, by the time they win out, if they win out, their strength of schedule will be much, much, much higher. Um, The strength of record, which is the stat that I like the most, the one that determines a team's record and then assesses how good it, how strong it really is based upon its competition Ohio State is number one in strength of record. Florida State is number two. Washington is number three. And Alabama is number four. Bama all the way down in the eighth spot. But that shows you why they have an excellent chance of getting back in. If they beat LSU, if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, Alabama will unquestionably be in the final four. So those were some of the notes that came out of this thing. But that is not anywhere near the most interesting thing that is going on. If you haven't been following it, what I'm about to tell you, you're going to think I'm kidding. You're going to say, is this April Fool's? Is Greeny kidding? But I promise you I'm not. So you've heard the name Connor Stallions, (laughs) which (laughs) sounds like a porn star's name, but it isn't. It is actually the name of a person who is at the center of the Michigan sign-stealing investigation. They are investigating whether this low-level staffer 
who it is my understanding makes less than $60,000 a year, bought all of these tickets and, and all that kind of stuff to go to all these football games or send other people to these football games and sit opposite the benches of the teams that Michigan would be playing in the future and videotaping their signals. That's the heart of what this scandal is. And this guy, Connor Stallions, is in the middle of it. I was willing to accept all of that as a reasonably logical conversation to be having, despite my belief that it shouldn't be illegal to be stealing another team's signs. However, yesterday the story took a turn from which it will not recover. Video emerged of a game between Central Michigan and Michigan State. This game was played on September 1st, the opening game for these teams. Michigan State, of course, is a subsequent opponent of Michigan. And by the way, Michigan beat them 49 to nothing a few weeks later. But in that game, which was played at night, there was a person on the sidelines of Central Michigan, on the Central Michigan sideline, wearing sunglasses at a night game, who appears to be Connor Stallions. It has not been confirmed that it's this guy, but what we are essentially to take as an, at least as being alleged, is that this guy, the center of the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, was on the, the Central Michigan University sideline wearing their gear and some sort of credential while this game was being played, and thus would have had outstanding access, if he wanted to, to watching the Michigan State sideline because it was literally right across the field. He was standing exactly 53 yards away. Now, so many things about this make no sense to me, The primary one being, I've never been on a football team, but is it possible that someone can be down there who doesn't belong there and no one would notice? Like no one on the Central Michigan staff or team said, hey, who's that guy? (laughs) He was certainly very easy to notice. He's wearing sunglasses. It's dark outside. Every video you see, no one else is wearing sunglasses. He's the one person wearing sunglasses on the sideline. Would no one have said, hey, who the hell is that? But the problem I have, so my immediate assumption is there's no way it's him. But Central Michigan has not come out and said, no, it's actually Frank Finkelstein. He absolutely belonged there. Here's why he was there and here's what he was doing. So the fact that they've not immediately identified who this person is There's only one conclusion that I can possibly reach. It's Connor Stallions. How'd he get there? What's he doing there? Why is he there? Why did no one recognize it? Did he actually videotape things from those sidelines? How is it possible that it's taken this long for anyone to figure this out that has happened? And does it mean that this thing is infinitely more than I and many others have thought it was? And in the end, will it mean the end of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? And if so, does that happen before or after the college football playoff? I have all of those questions. I have answers to none of them. Zero. So someone help me. Hembo, what the actual heck is going on? I would like to come to the defense of Jim McElwain and the Central Michigan football team. 
Who the hell is that? <laughs> oh, he's the coach of Central Michigan. Okay, thank you. He's friends with Frank Finkelstein. He's, I yes. thought you were going to say Jim Harbaugh, he's, he's, so that's uh, why it threw uh, me off. Finkelstein's Wasn't he mentor. the coach at Colorado or something? In Florida. He's Florida. Yeah, Colorado he was State in other Florida, places. Yeah. Oh, he's the coach of Central Michigan? Yes. Yeah. And he doesn't know who's on his sideline? He was asked about it, and he, he was also looking into it. So He's I, looking into it? I would like to come to his defense, however. When I'm watching a football game, a college football game, I always remark to people around me, why are there so many people on the sidelines? Yeah. Because, I mean, I see people that work for ESPN that I recognize. I see people that are pretty clearly on staff. I see people who probably have some kind of access because they know a, um, a player or a coach that are credentialed in some way. So I think it is possible that, it, that, that Connor Stallions could have found his way onto the sideline for that reason alone. It's so, there are just so many people. Now, I can't imagine there are that many people dying to be on the sideline at a Central Michigan game, but I, I will give Central Michigan the benefit of the doubt here and say these requests are probably pretty common. And so the fact that he could have said, oh, I want a credential for my friend and he's, his name is something other than Connor Stallions, whatever. I think, I think that is explicable at least. Here's what Jim McElwain said. We've obviously are aware of a picture floating around so with the, the, uh, the sign stealer guy, you know, or people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. I uh, certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. And, again, you, uh, you know, there, there's, there's no place in football for that. Okay, the funniest part of that by far is it's in good hands with our people. Uh, I, I like the sign stealer guy. It's so funny. It's so good. This is not a comedy routine. Like for those of you who are fans of like Waiting for Guffman and Spinal Tap and those kind of movies, th- this is exactly like that. That's what the coach would sound like. Well, listen, it's been brought to my attention. There are pictures of the you know the sign stealer guy on my sideline, but it's in good hands with my people. Oh, is it? So this guy might have been on your sideline two months ago, but it wasn't until these pictures started floating around in the media that you thought to look into who is standing on the field while you're playing a game? What the hell is going on here? Hembo, there's not that many people. I know you keep saying that, but I used to be one of those people. Uh I covered the Chicago Bears. I had a pass. It was very specific. When I'm allowed to be there, when I'm not, I promise you, People knew who I was and that I belonged there. And if I hadn't, it would have been made. They would have noticed it in 15 seconds. My guess here is that Connor Stallions, through a fake ID, requested sideline access through Central Michigan in some form or fashion. And as someone who used to work in a college sports information office, I don't think they're being that vigilant. I think that is somewhat easily explained. But to hear Jim. No, 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 not right. Not right. There's no way in the world it's that easy that no one is being vigilant about who's standing right in the middle of the team. It's not like he's standing over on the side where the media are. He's standing next to the coach. Like Jim McElwain could have just turned to his right and said, hey, aren't you the sign stealer guy? (laughs) He's standing right there. He's in the middle of the scrum. He can hear everything that's going on. When I was covering these games, you're standing over by the goal line and and people are paying close attention to you. This guy's standing there like he's an assistant coach. This has reached the stage where there's almost nothing that we could find out that we would not believe. Correct. You know what? Let's put together a little (laughs) quiz. Of things, we'll just read a list of things. And you have to say, has this actually happened in this sign-stealing scandal? Or has, have we, did we just make it up? 
I'm telling you, we'll be able to fool you with some. This guy's CIA. He can get he can get away with a lot more than this. You think it's tough for a CIA agent to get on the sideline at a Central Michigan game? <laughs> Don't you think a CIA agent has something more important to utilize those skills for <laughs> than finding his way onto a Central Michigan sideline? Try losing to Ohio uh, State five times and see what happens. What do you think? What do you think his fake name that he went to use? Kyle Bronco? Connor Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the fact that Connor Stallions is not his fake name is the. Is That's also- exactly right. That's. Connor Stallions is the fakest sounding name in the entire world. If you called up and said, I need a pass, and they said, what's your name? And you said Connor Stallions, in they would question it. Where, where does this rank in terms of like the most bizarre? Is this like up there with like Manti Teo? It's, it, yeah, it's, it let, really, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about this. That This is a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre story. It's next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply it's demon time on prize picks where you can now win up to 100 times your money that's right 100 times your money With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny, the podcast. <laughs> All right, I like that one. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. There is no question the sunglasses at night are a dead giveaway. Once again, Connor Stallions, his actual name, on the sideline of Central Michigan wearing sunglasses at a night game on the opposite side of the field from Michigan State, who would later play Michigan, and Michigan beat them 49 to nothing. I can tell you a little more about this here, and I think it is important. Because Hembo keeps saying, you worked in a sports information department or whatever it is. They don't really know who gets these credentials and all that kind of stuff. The person who we believe to be Connor Stallions, I don't know how else to phrase that. Like, 
the, 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 the artist formerly known as Connor Stallions, whatever it is. We don't know that it's him. It's just some guy who some people seem to think look like him wearing sunglasses and Central Michigan gear is wearing a very specific credential. The athletic director is named Amy Folan. She said in a statement to ESPN, the school did not become aware of these photos until late Monday. The man resembling Stallions is dressed in Central Michigan gear and standing alongside several of the, of the team's coaches wearing a specific credential. It is a bench credential. The credential reads VB and thus is designated for the visiting bench area, which is different from a general sideline pass. It gives access to the designated area between the 20-yard lines, which is reserved for players, coaches, trainers, and staff. Schools are given a finite number of passes for each game. So let me be clear. Because I have had the opportunity to do this in two different ways. When I, when I covered the Bears, when I covered NFL games, they give you a very specific credential. It gives you access to the field at very specific times, and it gives you very specific places that you can be standing. When I attend Northwestern football games as an alum and because of my um, relationships there, they sometimes will give me a sideline credential. I can go stand on the sideline and watch the game from the sideline. I cannot walk up next to the coach and just stand next to him with this credential. That credential does not give me that authorization. <coughs> I have to stand in a very specific area that is designated for others who we have said, you can be on the field, but you're not standing there while the coach is calling plays. So this guy had a very specific high level. It's almost like saying he had top, top security clearance or whatever it is at this football game. This is a, the weirdest freaking story I've ever heard. This is, I, I looked it up in the break, a retired Marine Corps captain. Okay, yep. the idea that he couldn't have found a way to get this pass is unlikely. He could. He absolutely could. No, no. Finding a way to get the pass is one thing. Finding a way to stand there ostensibly through the entire game because no one knew about it until Monday and this game was played September 1st. How could no one have at any point in that game said, who's that guy? That's what I'm talking about. It. I'm not saying that getting the pass would be impossible. You could probably forge the pass. Right. But you can't forge the fact that you're standing there and no one said, who's this guy? Like, why is this idiot standing here while, while I'm, you know, call, making a play call on third and so seven? So you're saying that there had to be someone on the inside. Absolutely. If that's him. And it has to be him. Who else would it be? Well, my point is... No matter who else it was, that person would have been identified by now. Central Michigan would have come out and said, no, 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 no. It's, uh, you know, Larry uh, Thomas, uh, you know, and, and he's, he's got a reason to be there, and this is why. That would have happened by now. There's no question it's him. I love the idea that McElwain said in the news conference uh, yesterday, whatever it was, like, we have our best people looking into this, as yeah. if Central Michigan has, like, a huge staff of Let's of, listen to that again. Let's just count the number of things that he said that are funny. We've obviously are aware of a picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Funny, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Funny, um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it Funny. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. And uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Hilarious. We just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out, but. It's in good hands with our people. And again, uh, 
you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. And even that may be the funniest oh. of all. What's he talking about? Like, what what, what what are you talking about? There's no place in football for what? You're acting like this is something that someone did and you had no way of controlling it. <clears throat> I think we expect coaches, in, in, right, in, in the current state of coaching, the rule book states that anything that happens within your program, the coach is obligated to be aware of. Right, If a kid gets a ham sandwich from a diner and doesn't pay for it, the coach is supposed to have known that. But he's not supposed to know who's standing next to him while this game is being played. He has to do an investigation into that? Don't you think he should just be able to look around and say, hey, uh, Freddie, uh, I don't know who the hell this is. Can someone check on who this guy is? Why is he wearing sunglasses? It's 8 o'clock at night. He's got a clipboard. He's got a clipboard. He's standing there. What the hell is going on? And, and he's standing there saying, I wish I could play my own sound because I want to I wanna, you know, stop it and start it and all that kind of stuff. But he's, first of all, sign stealer guy, which is classically funny. Second of all, like we're tracing it back and back. Back to what? To me, the story is not that he got a pass. To me, the story is the fact that he stood there the whole game and you didn't know it. How, how is that possible? That's the part of this that bothers me by far the most. We've obviously are aware of a picture floating around. No, you're not obviously aware of anything. You're obviously not aware of who is standing there while you're coaching a game. I never want to hear, again, how complicated this is. If some schmuck can just be standing there next to you with a clipboard and sunglasses and no one says, you know, I don't think he belongs here. Like, I don't know. I, I've been in practice all week. I've never seen that guy. This was the first game of the season for crying out loud. What are they just learning about each other? Is this his first year there, McIlwain, should I assume? <laughs> I need to double check. That. Is this his first season? I mean, Greeny, we've got some uh, plot thickening here. Uh-oh. The plot has thickened? Wait. Talk to me. Jim McElwain was Michigan's wide receivers coach in 2018. <laughs> Jim McElwain was Michigan's wide receivers coach. This is his fifth He's year. in on it. What? This is his fifth year. This is his fifth year at Central Michigan? <laughs> And where was he before that? But he, he was with Harbaugh, so he's in on it. His 2018, he was with Harbaugh. Connor Stallions is his son. <laughs> no, he's not. No, wait a minute. Come on. Wait, but we can't say. I get it. It's funny. No. no. It's hilariously We just funny. said nothing is off the table. Yeah, we I, just I quizzed people. That was a test. That was the test. <laughs> Which of these is not true? A, that he was on, that Connor Stallions was on the staff at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. B, that Jim McElwain, um, that, that Jim McElwain, I mean, was on the staff there. B, that, Con, that Jim McElwain has been at Central Michigan for five years I'll, and still doesn't know who's on his sideline. I'll tell you what. What? His answer would be the kind of answer I would expect someone who knew to say. Oh, absolutely. I don't condone it. You see, by, by condoning it, you're suggesting that you know it's happening. Like, what I would be saying if I were him is, we need to get to the bottom of how someone got on our sideline without us knowing it. Like, does he ever actually say that? We've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around. So yeah, we're aware the, of the picture. The... Uh, the sign stealer guy. Sign stealer you know, guy. Our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Are they? Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it no. uh, in any way, shape, or form. I got you. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Now we just keep tracing it back so and tracing you know. it back and we, we, try to figure it out. Know. But 
Okay. It's in good hands with our people. No, we're not. And again, we're not uh, in good hands. You know, there, there's there's no hands. place in football for that. I, I can't imagine the better. I mean, uh, uh, Sky Moore had better hands on Sunday than your the, these hands are. You're in the worst hands. You've I've never heard of hands worse than these hands. I'm on the Central Michigan website. I'm looking at his bio, and they are boasting about their stats in 2018 under Jim Harbaugh. That's the heart of the problem. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. Jim McElwain and Jim Harbaugh in cahoots. Oh. About sign uh, stealing. We so, cracked it. You did. This, well this done. Is, this is really bad. I mean, this is. And so then it leads to the next piece of this. I want it on the record again. I like Jim. I, I, I don't know that, that he is involved in any of this. I admit to being completely biased on the subject of Jim Harbaugh. The first job I ever had covering a professional sports team, he was the quarterback of them. I've known him 30 years, and I do genuinely like him. He's an offbeat guy. Uh, that's, that's not a mystery, anyone who's ever been around him. He's a different guy. He marches very much marches to the beat of his own drum. I've certainly not agreed with everything I've heard him say on certain issues. That has nothing to do with this. The football piece of it, he is an outstanding football coach, and I have always rooted for him. So, but... This is becoming more increasingly difficult to to suggest it that it didn't happen. Like this, this now this has almost risen to the level where you could get a conviction in a court of law on the grounds of of um, what's a, you know uh, probable cause beyond a beyond a reasonable doubt. Right? How could we reasonably doubt, based on all the information we have, that this guy Connor Stallions is doing this stuff? And I'm not going to lie to you. The connection between McIlwain and Harbaugh that stinks. That stinks to high heaven. Smells bad. It's real bad. bad. Real bad. And McIlwain, boy, you want to talk about the last guy in the world you want up there trying to talk his way out of something? <laughs> this was his prepared statement. <laughs> this is. No, I'm serious. Like, he's like before we is get he started, reading before from a piece of paper. No, he wasn't reading. But like his he, started, he actually like, used the word sign stealer guy <laughs> before we get started. Like no one had whipped this up for him. Obviously, yeah. That's the best you could do. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're starting your press conference like this, can you at least read the piece of paper that the SID prepared? stuff for you so you don't say that like that honestly is a bit that 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 does not sound like real life that's what i keep saying this all seems like it's a sketch like it seems like i i'm a huge fan of christopher guest if you know who that is they make the do you guys know those movies i am i'm looking at hembo he doesn't know anything about anything do you guys know the movies i'm talking about best in show waiting for guffman yeah all of those movies I, they're brilliant i know funny. i haven't seen all of them but i know the ones <laughs> they're great about, yeah. great nothing funnier this sounds exactly like that. This is exactly what would happen in one of those movies, that this idiot would somehow get a pass and stand on the sideline, and no one would... He'd be wearing sunglasses <laughs> at a night game. No one else is... Literally no one else. I've, we, watched, we showed the video a hundred times on Get Up this morning. No one is wearing sunglasses but him. Marcus actually pointed it out. At one point, when the action comes near him, he very noticeably kind of ducks his head and pulls his hat down as though he doesn't want to be noticed. This has now become like the Zapruder film. We are analyzing it frame by frame. Who, who knew what? What did he know and when did he know it? So now let's get serious. Let's get into the serious part of this because we all know a ton of Michigan fans. I know a ton of Michigan fans. Let's make this the best fan of the month. Brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Is this going to bring down Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? That's my question. 
Yes, and it's also going to bring down Jim McElwain, by the way. Okay, well, that's, I think, in most people's view, of lesser concern. For sure. A hundred percent, yes. We are watching the end of the Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan. There is no question about it. A couple weeks ago, when this first came out, a lot of people said this was much ado about nothing. But you and I kept hearing stuff. Yeah. Because if we learned that much that fast, that was only the tip of the iceberg. We're now a few weeks later talking about Connor Stallions on the sideline at a Central Michigan game. The story has no end. Like, it's going to take a long, long time to uncover all the facts. We won't un- uncover all of them, but we'll uncover many more than this. And what is going to be evidence is that Jim Harbaugh is going to have to resign or be fired. There, there, is, there is no third option. There's no way in which he skates, you know, like Cam Newton did or like many other people have with the NCAA not having teeth. Like, we're still dealing with the very, very beginning of what's going to be a pretty lengthy and pretty damning investigation. Well, so lengthy becomes... An interesting choice of words. Heather Dinich told us on television this morning that the average NCAA investigation of this sort takes 360-something days, essentially a calendar year. The Big Ten has not begun an investigation at all because they are hopelessly conflicted in this. So that's not going to go anywhere. The investigation will definitively not conclude Uh, before such time as college football's playoff is played. So assuming Michigan beats Penn State and Ohio State, they're going to make it into the Final Four. That was made clear by Boo Corrigan yesterday, who is the selection committee chair of the CFP. He said, that's an NCAA issue. This is a CFP issue. And I don't blame him for this. I don't think this is wrong. He said... We're going to judge who the four best teams on the football field are. We'll let other people decide whether they should be eligible to play or not. I actually think that's the right thing for him to do. So I think what is a very real possibility here is that Michigan wins the national championship and Harbaugh leaves the following day and whatever fallout there is stays there and doesn't follow him and he becomes the coach of oh I don't know the Las Vegas Raiders who just very conveniently yesterday found themselves with a coaching opening or some other NFL team because if there's one thing Jim Harbaugh has proved particularly at the NFL level it's that where he goes they win yeah and by the way since you started talking the Raiders have Bench Jimmy Garoppolo and are replacing him with Aiden O'Connell. Get out of here. <laughs> Just now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so this, I, this news continues to, to pour in. Oh, my God. This is endless. <laughs> so the bottom line of it is, let's circle all the way back to that. We were joking about how last night they fired Josh McDaniels and the general manager. Then, like, almost 10 hours went by and they fired the offensive coordinator. Now we know why. Because obviously the offensive coordinator wasn't on board with benching Jimmy Garoppolo and replacing him with Aiden O'Connell. They were on a tight ship. I mean, it's a, it's a, it is a, it, see, Kimberly called it a sinking ship. It's not a sinking ship. It's too big to sink. An NFL team is never going to sink. They have a license to print money. They're like, they're like ATMs. So that ship's not going to sink, but it's rudderless. A rudderless ship doesn't sink. It just doesn't go in any direction. And that's what they are. Before we know it, you know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Raiders? Tell me. Connor Stallions. <laughs> what about Tom Brady? <laughs> Tom Brady is—is is he like a part owner there? Exactly, he might be in there. He went to Michigan too. Maybe he fired the guy. All lines point. All like all signs. Everything just kind of ties back together again. Tom Brady's sick of this, and he's just going to take over everything himself. All right, we'll try and make uh, some sense of all of this as we go. Well, you got trivia today? I do. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So the Texas Rangers have been playing baseball since 1961. They've never won a World Series. My question today is this. 
which NBA team has played the most seasons without ever winning a championship? Oh, that's a good question. I remember this coming up around the Nuggets winning last year. We'll come back with the answer next on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. A lot of sign-stealing conversation this morning as we continue with you. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got a battery solution in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. All your battery solutions, that's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Hembo, go. Which of the current 30 NBA teams has played the most seasons without ever winning a championship? Okay, so that, that is different from saying which team has gone the longest without winning a championship, which is the franchise that has been in existence the longest without ever winning. Uh, Brandon has already checked in with a guess. What is it? Well, you, should, you, told, you said out loud that one of his answers was correct, so... We shouldn't know what his answer is, right, as we go. Um, what do you mean, one of his answers? He texted me two and said audibly one, so Bretton is just multiple choice. Well, let's zero in on one. But you've got what, stop you have telling one answer him that's officially right. locked there's in. There's one right? answer locked in the vault. Okay, so there's one locked in for there's Brandon. There's also a lot of questionable behavior going on at the yes. seaport. Sign stealer, guys. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. Brandon's stealing right. signs. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon is actually Connor Stallions. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and he is busy at uh, the Central Michigan football sideline. All right, Bubba, who's your guess? I mean, I remember we did this exact thing last year with Denver, and I, re- I wish mm-hmm. I remembered exactly what happened, but I'm, I think it's Phoenix. I'm going the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Cam? The Kings. Okay, so I'm glad you said the Kings. I was going to say the Kings, but then I said to Hembo, do previous incarnations of the organization count? The, the Kings, if I'm not mistaken, were once the Rochester Royals who did win the NBA championship, I want to say in the 40s or the 50s, with Red Holtzman playing point guard, and thus I believe they are not the answer. That organization did win a championship. I believe the answer is the Clippers, who began as the Buffalo Braves and ne- definitely never won a championship in Buffalo and have not won a championship in San Diego or Los Angeles. Before you tell us the answer, what is Brandon's official guess? The Phoenix Suns is Brandon's right. guess. So we have two Suns, one Clippers, and, um, and one Kings. Hembo? The correct answer is the Suns. Oh, yes! Damn it. That there we go. Us. 
Bubba got it right. So the Suns have existed longer than the Clippers? The Suns came into existence in 1968, the Clippers, then the Buffalo Braves in 1970, and the, the Kings won as the Rochester Royals in 1951, which is the answer to the question, which team has gone the longest without winning a championship? How did uh, I not remember Red Holtzman? Mm. Red Holtzman was, well, do you even know who Red Holtzman was? I do now. Okay, when, well, let's put it this way. His number one claim to fame is not having been a point guard on the Rochester Royals in 1951, but he was the coach of the Knicks when they won their only two NBA championships. That said, where do we stand now in the scoring? I am nine and seventeen. Bubba seven and nineteen. You Greeny are six and twenty. Brandon finally on the board at mm. one and four. And Mark Cuban and Dominique Foxworth are. By the way, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Cam. Is there a sign stealer guy behind you in the control room? I've been wondering for the last ninety minutes who this person was that you never introduced us to. Yeah, that's Connor Stallions. <laughs> no, there just, is just a random person. Just sitting some behind new you. kids in the in the building. So they're <laughs> observing today and they're learning a lot and they're going to take it to another radio station and tell them all our secrets. Here's the thing, Greeny. This yeah, can you got to check their past. See, yeah, I don't know. This I mean, is a, a room usually with two people, now with three people, and you and I went 90 minutes without bothering to ask. This could happen on a football Well, because I'm line. assuming that Bubba and or Cam are aware that there's a person sitting one foot away from him and that he belongs there for some reason. That's why this story with Jim McElwain makes so little sense to me. How can a person possibly be standing like right in the middle of the scrum? It's almost like he's in the huddle and he doesn't belong there and no one knows why. It doesn't seem possible. Right, there's one more thing I wanted to ask about. I tried very hard to make a big deal about the Nick Lowry comments today to no avail on television. Nick Lowry went on Facebook, and here's the problem. Once you start any sentence with a former kicker went on a, a form of social media that even I consider to be dated, you've probably lost most people, all right? I mean, my mother-in-law is on Facebook, um, so, but, but, but anyway, he went on Facebook and he essentially questioned the fact that Travis Kelsey on Friday night was at game one of the world series in Arlington, Texas, rather than being in Kansas city where we, which they then flew Saturday morning to Denver. So to be clear, the team departed Kansas city for Denver on Saturday morning. Travis Kelsey on Friday, during time that he would not otherwise be obligated to be at the facility or anything else, flew, no doubt in a private jet, from Kansas City to Arlington, attended Game 1 of the World Series, then flew back to Kansas City and flew with his team uh, on, on Saturday to Denver, where he did not have a good day, they did not have a good day, and they lost a game everyone expected them to win. Nick Lowry is suggesting that he has an issue with that. The way he actually phrased it is interesting. He said, um, when I saw Travis watching the World Series in Texas on a Friday night before a road game, dot, 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 do I have to finish the sentence? And the way he writes that makes it sound like it's incredibly obvious that that would be a bad thing to do. Do I even need to finish the sentence? I mean, my response would be, yeah. You kind of need to finish the sentence. What exactly is the point you're making here? This is not Dennis Rodman leaving in the middle of a season to go to Vegas for several days and Michael and Phil having to go out there and get him and physically bring him back, missing practices, missing games. This is a guy who on his downtime chose to travel back and forth between two cities that are not particularly far apart to go to a baseball game. Should anyone have a problem with this? Uh, no. But people still will. And, and Travis Kelsey has to realize that he's just living in a different world now than he was three months ago. Like, then the football world cared about him. Now, 
there's an entire galaxy of people that care about him. And so, so long as he is playing a team sport, he needs to understand that everything he does will be dissected because whereas before, things he did mattered. Now his state of being is worldwide news. And so even though I think he did nothing wrong at all, he has to live in a world in which um, everything he does and says will be dissected a million different ways. And if the team that he plays for loses and, and he plays badly, this is an inevitable consequence. Well, but I kind of disagree with your your thesis. This isn't Taylor Swift's fans saying he shouldn't have done this. This is Nick Lowry, former chief, who is a Chiefs Hall of Famer, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows. He, so he knows football. Do you know who else had a problem with it? Tell me. Shannon Sharp. Hall of Fame tight end on his podcast ripped Travis Kelsey. What did he say? Effectively that. What he said was, let me pull it up here. I sent Cam the sound if we can get it. But he said he, was having, he, he took issue with him being at the game. It was a bad look. It was in Texas, and he lives in Kansas City. So this is a very credible person who played that position at the highest level. Wow. That took umbrage with it, too. Okay, good. Well, I, oh, I've been looking for a football player who had a problem with it. I couldn't find one besides Nick Lowry on Facebook. Now I have found maybe the, the, the loudest of all the voices of any former player that, that currently does the business. Shannon Sharp has a problem with it. I'm very interested in that. Travis Kelsey is just omnipresent now, right? He's everywhere. You can't turn on your TV without seeing him in a commercial or at some kind of event. I have no problem with it. He can live his life out as he chooses, but he plays a team sport. And so he is going to become the face of this thing now. And if they wind up failing to meet expectations, if something bad happens, it is inevitable. People are going to point to whatever he does that might be a little bit noteworthy or a little bit you know, off kilter and say, look, this guy's there when he shouldn't be. Or, My question would be, this guy's there. If he wasn't going out with all this Taylor Swift stuff was happening, would he have gone to this game last year? That's my question. Hmm. I, and I, I would say no. I think he's got all this celebrity right now and he's doing all this stuff, and that's why it's an extra distraction. That, that, that's an interesting way hmm. of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is if he wasn't dating Taylor Swift, would anyone have noticed that he had gone to the game? All right, we'll talk much more about this later. I'll continue getting to the bottom of Connor Stallions, and we'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.